Hey, I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute. For the first time in Colorado history, Democrats have a super majority in the state house of representatives. What's it like being a lonely Republican in that big house, especially for a rookie legislator who used to be able to get shit done before as a county commissioner? I put that question to Representative Rose Pugliese. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel IITV, which stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I hope you enjoy this discussion. So the worst 120 days a year, no, it's, it's not the Rocky season, it's the legislative session. And to find out what it's like from a beginner's point of view, rookie this season, Rose Puglisi, thanks for being with us. Thanks, John. All right, you poor little Republican from El Paso. El Paso. What's your district? House District 14. 14, roughly where? So Northern Colorado Springs, kind of um, abutting the Air Force Academy, but not the Air Force Academy. What's wrong with the Air Force Academy? You're very clear it's not the Air Force Academy. Well, because it's Don Wilson's district, and he deserves it. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, so what's wrong? He deserves it? <laughs> he deserves it because he, he's, he deserves it? He's former military. All right, all right. So this is your first term in the state legislature ever. Yes. I'm not going to ask you the nice little political, well, why would you want a union? Because I don't know why anyone would want to do it. <laughs> so you're going in for the first time in state history that the House has a super majority Democrats. Yes. That means they can override the governor's veto, like Jared Polis would veto anything, um, anything of, of any sort of measure. I want to know, what does it feel like from a neophyte's point of view? Not that you're a neophyte politician, but you're a neophyte in that capital. What's it like? What's it like, rookie? Um, it's very interesting. My biggest frustration thus far has been, you know, my county commissioner experience, right? We talk a lot about implementation. We implement things. We govern. At the legislature, we just make laws. And so I'll sit down with someone and we'll talk about a bill. And I said, well, what does implementation look like? And they all look at me like I'm from another planet because they don't talk about or think about what happens after the bill becomes law which is why we're consistently trying to fix bad bills and bad laws because nobody thought about what it was gonna what look do you mean like later. implementation? So you have a bill and you're like, so for example, the governor has been talking a lot about $25 million that he wants to put into after-school math services for kids because our math scores are so low. Now, the question I keep asking is, well, our kids can't read. And our new math has a lot to do with reading. So if you can't read, um, like I've got a child who struggles, she's not good at reading, then math is going to be even harder for her. So God, I hope she doesn't watch this show. <laughs> her mother's saying that she doesn't read well. She struggles. <laughs> she struggles and we, we get her all the interventions and supports that she needs to be successful. But if you struggle at reading, then you're going to be struggling with this new math. I and, couldn't. I couldn't read in grade school either. Still can't read. But look at you now. So the nuns just beat me. Oh. I, I don't know what to say to that, but it um, was the only female <laughs> attention I ever got in school. Yes, but so when you ask the question, well, what does implementation look like? 
So $25 million amongst all of our school districts isn't a lot of money. No. Will it be a grant program? Who's it going to go to? Who's going to control the money? Who's going to control accountability? Nobody can answer those questions. But it sure sounds like we're doing something. We're and on the stump and in speeches, I can hear the governor saying, and we put $25 million into improving our state's math scores. And the union members, ah, you go get them. But you're asking, yeah, what, what does that actually look like when the rubber meets right. the road? All right, help me with this a little bit. Sure. Because you were a county commissioner for how many years in Grand Junction? Eight years. Eight years. Which was all you could do. Is it all term you, limits. It was all you could do? Term or? limits. Oh, term which limits. Which I support. I love the county commissioner model. What's different about that, uh, let me back up. We have one state government, but we have over 5,000 governments and special districts in the state. Yeah. All right, so we think all the actions at the state level. No, most of our government is in our backyard, all right? We've got counties and cities and school districts and parks and recs and library districts and water districts and special districts and cemetery districts. I mean, it's just, it's a... And that's where most of the government is. And so a lot of our cities, for instance, and school boards and RTD are run by staff. Right. And you have these cheerleader boards that run for office, but really it's the city manager. It's the staff. RTD is a perfect example. Nobody runs for RTD unless they're a booster of transit. Nobody goes there and says, I want, I want to completely disrupt public transit transit and put all the money to transit-dependent people. Nobody runs for a CU regent and says, public, edu public higher education doesn't work. Right. Let's blow it up and start again. No, they're CU regents and they want to go to the football games and they want to you know, do things on the side to make it a little bit better. Sure. What you did for eight years in county commissioners are completely different. Mm -hmm. It's not a part-time job. No. It's full-time. There is no county manager, usually. You, there was how many of you? Three or five? Three. Three. And the three of you work full time. Mm -hmm. It's a full time gig. You get a car. Uh, you, no. you didn't get a car? No. We're rural. That's why you need a car. <laughs> it's a big district. All right. Yeah. Often you get a car, you get an office, you're there, you're working uh, full time, and your, your, your hands are dirty with zoning mm -hmm. and uh, ordinances, and you're, it's very granular. You're right there. Um, you're not, you're not going to the city manager, what are we doing? And they recommend mm -hmm. something. No, you recommend it. Right. Um, that's a really good form of local government. Mm -hmm. I wish more cities were like that. I wish school districts were like that. I wish, right. uh, get rid of the superintendents, get rid of the city managers, get rid of the, the uh, uh, um, get rid of the executive directors. Now you're in the state legislature. You guys meet for a few months a year, and I swear, none of you have any sense of what the hell you're doing when you write a bill, because you write a bill about this, and you write a bill about that. I mean, I've seen some of the beginnings of a bill that would outlaw every semi-automatic gun in Colorado. Whoever is working on this knows nothing about guns, because it would outlaw every single, every single, every single pistol and most every rifle. It's like, you obviously don't know what you're, you think you know what you're doing, but you obviously don't. So when you talk about implementation, 
give me a couple more examples because obviously they write rules or write laws and what what legislators say are you know we're not sure about the unintended consequences why bother why bother yeah it's interesting um i had talked to a former legislator as i was preparing for this role and um his advice to me was just send everything through rulemaking and and my i I was like, wait, I've been through rulemaking. It is a horrible experience controlled by bureaucrats and not elected Explain rulemaking for people who don't know. So after a bill comes in um, into law, then it goes to rulemaking with the state agency. So I did a lot in the energy space where um, you would be testifying as to implementation. So what does this look like? What are the rules look like that govern this bill? Um, and people are like, well, Senate, but the bureaucrats run that process. It doesn't come back to the legislature. So then once the bill becomes a law, it goes to the state agency, then it's out of our hands. We can testify, we can talk about what's bad about it and how this should be implemented, but you lose control of your bill well, after it, it goes to rulemaking. Elected people, the beautiful thing about the legislature or your commissioners is you vote for them. Yes. Um, we try an analogy. Tell me if I've got it right. Okay. So everyone's screaming about the president has too much power. Mm-hmm. The president has too much power because over the years, Congress passes these laws. Right. And they create agencies. Right. And the agencies grow in power. So OSHA has all these regulations. The EPA has all these regulations. And so government creates these agencies and creates these laws. And then the regulators take them and go, what are we supposed to do? And they create all these rules. They're not That's laws, right. they're, they're rules. Not laws. And the rules get created by bureaucrats. Right. Who chooses the bureaucrats? The president. Yep. Or and the governor. Over, yeah, or the governor. And over yes. time it grows and grows and grows. Exactly. People, people are angry about their Excel bills. This is what's so hysterical right That's now. Right. Is everyone's complaining about their their energy bill. Well, how to put this? Elections have consequences. So yes. after, after I think it was about 2007, when under Ritter, the PUC changed its mission from the PUC's job was to keep energy at the lowest cost. That was, right. their, that was their mission. And then they changed it to a fuzzy, we want to have sustainable this and beautiful rainbows and this at a reasonable cost. Right. And then all of a sudden Excel and everybody else could, could start doing all these wonderful projects, right. and the PUC's job was rubber stamping it. Well, over the years, now we're starting to pay for it. It takes years. Right. And that is all in, a lot of it, it's just in rulemaking. Right. And who puts the people on the PUC? The governor. The governor. That's right. And that has nothing to do with you, a no. legislator. It has to do with rules. That's right. Yeah. So people should really watch out for that. And I tell legislators, especially new legislators, because they are more freshman legislators than returning in the House um, on both sides, I think. Um, And so we talk a lot. um, I have these freshman trainings every week where we talk about, you know, how do we work on bills and what do we need to look at? Who's training the freshmen? Um, Some of the returning are helping me with our experiences going through the legislative process. How many of you are there? Freshmen. No, Republicans. 19. My God. There are 65 
House members, and there's only 19 Republicans. 19 to 46. But we can still get good work done for the people. Really? I feel like we can. Really? Why don't, why don't we go with that as a story could say? Please, well, why don't we go with that? And exactly how will we be doing good things for the people, the 19 of you, so, in a supermajority of progressives? There are definitely some issues, especially around children and families, I found in my experiences, that we can get bipartisan support on bills. Um, and so, Which is not necessary. It's not necessary, but also helpful if we're all talking about this is what's good for kids and families in Colorado, regardless of what party you're from. I know it sounds let's, idealistic. Let's dive into that, shall we? Okay. Well, if you want to be on the couch, we can do that. Let's dive into that. <laughs> Why is that a good thing? That we take care of children and family in Colorado? No, 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 no. no. Why is that a good thing? It has bipartisan support. I think... Because the Democrats can do it or not do it, and you cute little 19, it really doesn't matter, does it? Well, it does for some serious legislators who are there to actually do some things. Now, is it going to help with the next step of reproductive rights, um, which is coming, or gun control bills? No, there, I doubt we'll see any bipartisan support. I actually think you'll see Republicans being incredibly unified around those issues, which are important to us um, and our principles. I think all that's good. But there are a couple of areas that do overlap where we all do come together. All right, but I'm asking you, why is why that important? Why do I care? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think if we are really going to be doing some things that are good for Coloradans and we can come together around it, why wouldn't we do it? All right, so it's good because why not? Because why not? All right. I'll go with it. Yeah, why not? Sure. That's good. But yeah. it, I'm going back to my high school years. I think it was like Bill Murray's first movie was called Meatballs, and it was about a bad. I saw uh, that. Yeah, and he was a <laughs> like the guy in charge of a really poor summer camp, and finally at one point he just goes, "Yeah, because it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. The rich kids are gonna get all the good-looking girls because it just doesn't matter." And in the same way, um, if there was ever a time for Republicans. How to put it, it just doesn't matter. So you got nothing to lose. Exactly. Yeah. And we can do some good work. I mean, I've gotten a couple of bills that have passed unanimously out of committee. They're good for children, they're good for families. This one that just passed recently is good for businesses and children and families. And which one was that? That's my child care contribution tax credit. Oh, damn it, with the kids and the kids uh, and yeah. kids, kids, kids. Keeping kids safe and allowing people to go to work is generally a good thing. It's a good conservative principle. What does it do? Um, we already have the child care tax credit. Um, it's just continuing that because it was due to expire. And it just allows um, contributions to foster care um, providers or to child care facilities. And that's helpful for businesses so that parents can drop their kids off and go to work. Is there a sense of relief amongst Republicans right now that they can just sit on the sideline and you know shoot rubber bands because there's nothing they can stop? It really doesn't matter if they put up a principled fight or, you know, they're, they're a useless appendage in the House. Well, I don't think of myself as a useless appendage, um, and I don't, I, I don't think the 19 of us think that. 
I think we're all here. We were sent by our constituents to do good work. The governor once said to me, well, Rose, I have a mandate. Well, I have a mandate too for my people. I have the largest churches in my district and the largest charter schools. And I understand my, my district and what I need to do to advocate for them. And I will continue to advocate for them because I think it's important. That is adorable. Thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean to be so awful. I, it's just that I've been doing this for a while. I know. And, and the numbers are there that, that if the left wants to pass something in the House, they, they can. can. For sure. They can. And it seems to me the best role the Republicans have is that of megaphone. That sure. the best thing that your party can do right now is not fight there in the Capitol, but to gather intel and turn it out there and go, do you see what these loony beans are, are doing? Because it is, it's gonna get crazier and crazier. What's the weirdest bill you've seen so far? Oh, we haven't seen very much come through um, yet. So I don't know that I have a really weird one, but there's, there's gonna be some stuff coming for sure. Um, but you know, I think you're right. I mean, there are 19 of us. This is where when I talk to people, um, and I do, I host roundtables and town halls, and I've done roundtables every weekend, so I work all week, and then I come back on Saturday and meet with my constituents and talk about what's going on. Um, I think it's really important we have these conversations and alert people, and you and I are grassroots organizers, right? We, we make sure the grassroots are engaged, and I think that is where our strength is. We've got 19 people with 19 different networks that we can all bring together to help each other, and I'm really excited. I really, truly am excited about that. Um, and we do have a lot of support from our grassroots networks. There are people who want to get engaged. There are. And they need to get engaged in their backyards. They That's need right. to get, it's not about electing a president. It's no. about electing a good school board. It's about electing That's a right. good city council. It's about doing, doing all those issues. Is there any issue that you see Democrats starting to go, yeah, we better get on the ball on this. Have they gone too far on crime? How are they starting to go, you know what, we do need to do something about auto theft. We do need to do something about fentanyl. We do need to do something, or are they just gonna do more of the same? Let's make more goofy gun laws. Let's do more uh, letting people off the hook on crime. You know, what What is the sense down there? Are they giddy with joy that they can do anything they want? or is there a sense of, hey guys, and I haven't seen this sure. for 15 years. Right. I've heard the warnings. Guys, let's not have too much hubris here. Let's, let's not go too right. crazy. And then they just go crazy. And for the most part, they've been rewarded for it. That's right. And so, no, I don't see pullback. I mean, the governor talks a lot about how he wants us to be the you know, top 10 safest states in the country, but I haven't seen any. After four years of, of signing bills that let criminals out. Right. It's kind of an odd thing to say. There really is a, a huge disconnect. Yeah. But what I do hear a lot from Democrats is we have a mandate and we are gonna continue that mandate. Um, mandate I, for what? What do they think the mandate is? Oh, they think the mandate is to continue down the path that they've been going. So is it gonna get crazier? I believe it will. And arguably, they do have a mandate. Arguably, they've won all four statewide seats. Mm -hmm. Arguably, they've won more seats in the House and in the Senate. Right. Arguably, you could say they've got a mandate to go even crazier. 
Yes and no. And this is where um, I've had a lot of conversation. If you actually listen to what they ran on, they ran on our conservative principles. We need to reduce crime. We need to have more choice in education. All of the things um, that we talk about as conservatives, I think the difference is they won people's hearts where conservatives weren't able to do that in our messaging quite as well. Um, I think it's something that we need to work on, right? We talk about the policies all the time, but don't connect it to the people, and we need to do a better job. But if you, I mean, I remember hearing Jared Polis on the radio, um, and I was sitting somewhere, and literally, like, um, my head was going to explode about how he was the governor for freedom. I was going to give you freedom. And I was like, what are you talking about? Your actions don't match your words, but the people weren't connecting that. I heard the same thing. I heard the advertisements. I, I believe in freedom as he unleashed the greatest gun control the state has ever seen. Right. I believe in, in freedom as he unleashed the most of the tobacco laws I've ever seen right. restricting tobacco. I believe in more freedom as he unleashed all these tax increases without a consent of the people right. by calling them the fees. I believe in more freedom as he unleashed all these minimum wage hikes without uh, uh, <laughs> throughout the state. Yep. I believe in more freedom as he destroyed the oil and gas industry. Right. I believe in more freedom as he continued to do that. And I think Republicans kept saying, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to show that, that he's fibbing, which of course he was. But Republicans do what Republicans do so well. They say, I'm not him. And look, crime is going up and inflation is going up and this and that. But Republicans never, never say, there's the hill where we're going to. There's, here's what's going to happen right. when we unleash the power of the individual. Here's why, here's why people deserve a right to have a say in their taxation. Mm -hmm. Here's why when we're in charge, mothers and fathers need to have a say in the education right. of their kids. Here's why your life will be better when we get inflation under control. Right. Here's, here's why you will be better off. Mm -hmm. Here's why uh, we're, we're going to fix crime. And it's not just a reaction, not them, but right. we're going over here. And it's, it's always been the issue for conservatives. Right. Always been the issue. Absolutely. And we, we need to maybe not do what we've always done and, and look at something different. I mean, we have the most crime, um, someone was telling me, right at the Capitol. Yep. And so I was like, so the governor wants us to be the, one of the top 10 safest states in the country, but can't keep his backyard right outside of his office window safe. What are well, we doing? And when the George Floyd riots happened, he let the Capitol be overrun and vandalized right. and statues be destroyed. All right. Um, it's frustrating. It is. But at the end of the day. They have a mandate. They have a mandate. But you're right. And the other part of it was they advertised their taxpayer bill of rights refunds as if they invented them. I know. You know, and they they signed the checks and they sent them out. Here's 750 bucks just in time because you need them. Right. And of course Or I need them for my reelection. I mean, yeah. however you want to spin it. Here's a little letter. <laughs> I, we're gonna do that. And right away are the bills to take away forever your ta TABOR refunds. Right. Now, 
I got to wonder how the governor is going to swim this one because they all wrap themselves around the Tabor refunds, even though they all tried to take away the Tabor refunds right. just a couple of years before with RefCC. Right. And now there's a bill that they're going to try to right. take them away again without voter consent. Um, and hopefully you'll do your best to, to sound the alarms. That's right. But it really is how they can, how they on one side can do this and the other side can do that. They want to get away from it. You know, they have a, a media here that's pretty anemic. Right. And then we might not hear about it. No, absolutely. Um, and I don't know that they're going to do, they're going to do some things without voter approval. But I do think, I'm, I'm, maybe you've heard, hopefully your viewers will hear um, that there is a bill that they're going to introduce, hasn't been introduced yet, um, for the kids to take away Tabor refunds pretty much indefinitely to um, fund education. And I was on a town hall with Speaker McCluskey, and we were talking about this, and I said, they were like, well, we, we, we need it. We need it for education. And I said, we absolutely need it for education, but why aren't we reprioritizing the budget to actually fund it without asking the people for more? At what point do we start having those conversations? And they don't want to have those conversations. They don't need to because it's for the kids. And they also have Amendment 23 from, oh my God, let's see, uh, 1997, 19, was that two, no, that would be 1998, is that right? Um, uh, 1999, Amendment 23, which says that uh, X amount of the budget has to go to education and right. it has to grow at the rate of inflation. Right. And for the first 10 years, it has to grow uh, beyond the rate of inflation. And it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so they call it the negative factor. Right. And amazingly, the CEA, the Education Association, never sued on that. So the, the state owes all this money back into education, and they could sue and get that money back. But they, they haven't. And so they could just say, pay us what you owe us. Right. But they won't do that. Yeah. Instead, they'll steal the refunds. That's right. So we have this constitutional guarantee right. that they don't want to enforce. Why don't they do that? I can't speak for CEA or why they don't do that, but it's definitely part of a bigger plan. Um, on this town hall, um, Speaker McCluskey talked about how there's absolutely, you know, we believe that voters should be able to um, vote on tax increases, but refunds really isn't part of Tabor. And so we don't really need to do that. So, we, I mean, it's part of Tabor. Right there in the Constitution. But that's not really what Tabor is for. It's really to, to vote for increase of taxes, but not necessarily to get refund money because we need it because government's it's, not big enough. You know, I'm old now. I, I, I remember working on Tabor. I remember voting for Tabor. I remember reading Tabor. You know, it talks about, yeah. it, it talks about refunding excess tax revenues. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see what the governor does here because he campaigned on it right. and now he's going to go back. I asked him point blank on a, at a forum once, private small for, forum, if he's going to continue to do, to do fees. Mm -hmm. And I reminded him that we, we have this new law that says any large fee increase has to go to the vote of the people. Right. I forget, was that Prop 118, 117? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, it, and they did the funny game. If, if, if the fee is over, I think it was $100 million. And so they just broke it down and did a whole bunch of right. you know, 
$199 million fees, and they just did a bunch of those. Right. And I asked him, and I kept asking him, and, and he finally said, I will abide by the law. And the law, what that meant was, yeah, we'll continue to do what we did with the transportation fee right. and all the others, which is to cut them down into smaller pieces right. and vote on them. Speaking of the transportation fee, yep. you've got a solution to that. Because every time I order something from Amazon, I get stuck with a 27 cent oh, um, um, transportation fee every time I, I go on an Uber ride or go um, get something. And what I hate now is sometimes you order something from Amazon and you get one package one day and oh, another package the next day, another package, and then you get all these little 27 cent fees I didn't vote for this. Right. This is a tax I didn't vote for. Right. There, the new gas tax is coming in, which is That's two cents a right. gallon. It'll move up to eight cents a gallon. I didn't vote for this. That's right. We've never had a fee on gasoline throughout Colorado's history. I know. Now we have an eight cent gas tax that we never voted for. Right. It's all part of the transportation taxes. I mean, fees right. that we never voted for. Help me, Rose, <laughs> fix this. Well, so I will say the number one issue I heard at doors when I was knocking, not just in my district, but for other candidates throughout the state, the number one issue that almost everybody brought up to me was the 27 cent retail delivery fee. And so I have introduced a bill to repeal that retail delivery fee. I can't wait to see the fiscal note on how much that will cost the state that we won't be able to grow government. But it is not a, um, it's a fee, it's not a tax, it's nothing we voted on. And I'm still trying to understand in my mind, um, you know, the whole point is, well, th these, you know, Amazon cars and vans are putting wear and tear on our roads. So what you're saying is, if I go to six different stores to get um, products, supplies, whatever I need for my household, that puts less wear and tear than one Amazon truck that brings me six packages at one time. It just doesn't make any sense. And well, people also, are, are upset about it. Also, that Amazon truck is paying gas taxes, right. registration fees. Sure. And if it's an electric car, truck, it's still paying registration and it's paying extra registration because right. it doesn't pay gas. So it right. pays an extra surcharge. Exactly. Exactly. But it is the average person, it is what they are still continuing to talk about the most is even that 27 than, cents. Even more than not being able to use their bags? Um, bags are starting, you know, because bags just started. The, the retail delivery fee started earlier, so they've been talking about it and being um, more and more upset about it. The bag fee is definitely a new one that everybody is like, why is this happening to us? You know, what's so funny is that for, for junkies like you and me, we saw the bill pass. Right. We saw the 27 cent bag tax pass, or the delivery fee and the gas tax and all this other stuff pass, and we're pulling out our hair some of us more effectively than others. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? Right. And they push it all past the election. Mm -hmm. uh, they hide it until after the election. And then it happens. And God bless Walmart for just, you know, pulling the plug right away. And people are going right. to Walmart going, what do you mean there's no bags? What? Yeah. Because next year, there'll be no bags anywhere. That's right. And people are going, what? This is insane. It's like, you... What do you mean this is insane? You voted for this. Right. What do you mean this is insane? Your gas right. prices are going up. You know, and they're you're getting your electric bills. They're going, this is insane. I know. And I'm thinking, what do you mean this is insane? You voted for this. Right. 
are you not realizing what they passed? Are you not paying attention? And they stole my car and there's needles everywhere. And you're going, there's you no voted for this. Do you not, did you not see the bill that, that made it a misdemeanor to steal cars? And more insultingly, made it a misdemeanor to steal poor people's cars. That's right. And if you're a rich guy, well, that's a higher crime because, you know, we rich guys, you know, we're more important than you people. It's like, what? Yeah, but I forget, we're weird. <laughs> you know, most people are just normal living their lives. Yeah. And then the bill comes and they go, what? what? Yeah. And they go to the store and they go, where's the bat? What? Right. You know, and... Uh, they look on their street and there's feces and, and needles and they go, what? Right. And they don't, they don't put it together. They don't. And by the time they do, so much damage is done. I agree. We're going to see what happens this session with the mandates that they've received. The mandates. I think it's going to take a lot longer. I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. I think so too. And I hope that we can do a better job of making that connection for people. Why do you think... I'm, I mean this sincerely, and it's part of my grumpy old man. Get off of my lawn! All right, so right. understand it's it's that. Okay. And I, I I think you young people are so adorable with your optimism and all that. Right. And so take it as I mean. Okay. So for all these years that that Republicans continue to fail and continue to say the same thing and continue to fail, and continue to say the same things. Why do you think, rookie, <laughs> that, that now it's gonna be different? The same question I keep hearing now for decades, which is, you know, well, we need to make this new case and it's, it's gonna be different. Um, and so what, what exactly is gonna be different? I don't know that I have a great answer today, but I know that there are a group of very smart people who are coming together, especially new legislators. We've got some really amazing legislators, um, especially in our freshman class, returning as well, but especially in our freshman class, they kind of have a new perspective to bring to our party. I've, but, never, I've never heard of that one before. Um, but, um, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know today that I can say, this is how we're gonna do it. But I do think we have seen what doesn't work and we're not incredibly excited to recreate that in the future. So hopefully we can do a better job of talking to people and really engaging people. But again, I go back to my grassroots network. I mean, you know, just getting people really energized. I, I would really love to see, and, and I'm, I'm kind of struggling to see how we do this, but with our national popular vote repeal movement to save the electoral college, where we all came together, Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated, all came together for a common cause and did good work. If we could just recreate that, I think that our party could be a lot stronger. I think we can get our message out a lot better. But it takes a lot of people coming together. So we'll see how that goes. I know it's my perpetual optimism. Yes? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. um, how did that effort go? The effort itself went amazingly. I mean, if you think about it, um, I know you know people are like, well, you lost at the ballot box. Oh, that's, that's the That's what you're trying to yeah, get that's what to. But the how we got to the ballot box was pretty amazing. It was. I'll, I will give you that. Yes. So I, that. I think people look at the end result and forget how much work and unification happened, how many people were out. I mean, those grassroots activists, I mean, 
we had so many people engaged on an issue that was so important for Colorado. And we made a stand. They weren't, they weren't expecting that. They weren't expecting the pushback and the fight back. And at the end, yes, we lost. And I will forever be disappointed. I'm sure you will, too, because you put a lot of great effort into that. But not nearly the same amount that you did. You were you were more than a cheerleader on trying to stop the national popular vote um, um, here in Colorado. It was amazing to watch you do your thing. Well, um, thank you. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. That's not what I'm doing. All right. And that's All right. that's the frustrating part. I believe in order for sanity to come back to Colorado, we need to embrace reality. And part of embracing reality is to take a real inventory of what we have here. And I don't think, I don't think we have. I don't think we have taken, um, I don't think we've realized that we are now a West Coast state. I don't think we quite have realized that the left has changed the laws in Colorado that have given them an incredible electoral advantage. What I mean by that is they have put in all mail-in ballots. Uh, not, that the, not that that's crooked, but it works to their advantage because they know how to work the system and legally harvest ballots. That they know how to do same-day voter drives. It's why they put in, by law, uh, voting centers on every college campus by law. You know, it's funny that they don't put uh, mandatory voting centers in every police station. Go figure. You know, it, it, they, they understand this. Uh, they've built systems that are self-perpetuating. You know, and it is going to take a lot more until we realize what the reality is here. And that, I believe, sadly, the Republican Party is going to be a regional party for a long time. Your district will be a Republican Party for many years to come. Jefferson County, I don't Not know. So Douglas County, which was a hardcore Republican, I don't know. Uh, Arapahoe County, which was so hardcore Republican, no. Right. Elbert County, which was ridiculously hardcore, is beginning to change. We need to understand what these dynamics are and understand um, that Colorado is, and for the next decade, two decades, will be a very pro-choice, very pro-gay, very pro-weed state. And that's going to change. That's not going to change. And that Republicans who want to fight that are only adding to the defeat of Republicanism. And I, I hate to be the one to deliver the plainly obvious, but that's what it is. Uh, I don't, I don't, I hate to be the one to look at the world and, and try to communicate that, but that's not going to change. Not, not in the next decade. And so we've got to, we've got to take that reality right. and re-sculpt it to, to, to a message that is different. And I don't know if the Republican Party, not the party, but conservatives. Right. I don't know if conservatives have it in them yet. Um, and I, 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 I think the challenge is big. 
I agree. And thanks for crushing my rose-colored glasses. I really appreciate that. It's my pleasure. Yes. You're the one you. down there. We are down there and we're working really hard. Um, but, you know, I do think that we definitely have to take inventory and stock of where we are as a party and see how we can create a path to move forward. We're, that work is still being done. How long will it take for you to be as, oh, how to put it, cynical oh. and, and awful as me? I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> see the thing is, I am actually really optimistic. You are optimistic. I really am I optimistic. But in order to get to where we need to go, we need to go, all right, here's the inventory. Right. You can't go into battle until you, you, you go and look at your supply depot and go, how much ammunition do we have? That's right. Three bullets and a broken hand grenade. All right, that's not going to work, guys. Right. And that's really what we have. Yep. Fortunately, we have you down there. Well, thank you. We'll see. It's going to be a long road, for sure. If you had to do it over, would you still run? Depends on the day. <laughs> How about today? Um, depends on the day. No, um, I, I truly believe that we are put where we're supposed to be to do the work that we need to do. And I, I believe that I'm meant to be here, um, that the 19 of us are meant to be together, for better or for worse. And, um, really, is this some sort of commune? Is this like a, a group marriage? No, it's not a group marriage. Um, it's like a swingers club? What is this? No, I just think we're all chosen to be here for a reason and that we were chosen to be together at this time for a reason. Are your talents best exploited being in the super minority compared to being a county commissioner or a city council or an activist? Um... I, I know this has been your passion. It, I know it's always been your passion. I, you know, I, I just really, truly want to help people. And I know, I remember my first um, campaign, and, I, and they said, well, why do you want to be county commissioner? Well, I truly want to serve. And a friend of mine came, came and took me on the side and was like, everybody wants to serve. Why are you here? And I'm here because I do think I have a lot to offer and a lot of good perspective. I mean, there's five local government officials between the House and the Senate on the Republican side. Um, I'd have to look and see on the Democrat side, there's not that many, but that were county commissioners, we have a former assessor yeah. who can bring a different perspective, talk about implementation, make bills hopefully a little bit better. And there's going to be some things that we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard all together. And so I'm excited to see what, what it looks like. Let me offer this. One of the things you can do that few people can is to put down on the record, because everything you say in committee. Right everything you write down is a record to mm -hmm. say, this is gonna be a massive failure because this, this, and this. Right. So let it be written. So mm -hmm. let it be said That's right. that this is a terrible idea. And when it comes to pass, and it might be five years from now, right. do not say, Colorado, you were not warned that this is a bad That's idea. Right. Do not let anybody say that no one told you this was one dumb shit idea. You know, and it was funny, you know, when light rail came and we said, here's why this is a dumb shit idea. And it took only two weeks for it to be proven right. Uh, and so that maybe in the future, you listen to those of us who say outlandish social engineering is bad. Outlandish spending is bad. You know what's good? Letting people make their own decisions. You know what's good? is letting people keep more of their hard-earned money is good. Right. Letting people direct their own lives is good. Letting people invest in their own lives is good. That's you right. know what's bad? This is bad. Because uh, when 
when these things happen, go, oh, we, we just didn't. We just didn't know that all these environmental regulations would push our energy bills through the roof. Who would have guessed? Right. Um, um, you know, we all would have guessed. Right. Get it on the record. Yep. Get it on the record. That's what you and your 18 colleagues can right. do. And thank you for that. Well, thank you. I all appreciate right. that. What do you need from us? Um, you know, it's interesting. So I had some roundtables this weekend and we were talking about some bills that are going through some of the attacks on parental rights that I want to make sure people are aware of that we get a good record. And a couple of people asked exactly what you said. Why should I go down the Capitol, waste my time just so that they're going to vote against us? And I said, we need a good record because whatever we, we do next outside of the Capitol walls, whatever happens next will be driven by our grassroots activists. And we really, truly need them to be engaged. And that's where I believe people like you, John, um, can help us get the message out, hey, this is where we need a good record. And this is, this is our plan, at least for now, going forward. You know, I'll leave it at this. Those awful rulemaking things, <sighs> when someone testifies, it goes into the record. Mm -hmm. When people come out in mass, it goes into the record. And it has to be read into the record. That's right. And it gets there, and the bureaucrats, by law, have to consider it. And That's I have right. seen in education, I've seen mm -hmm. in all sorts of areas, where those people who participate have changed the course of bad policy. That's true. And it, and it, we all get depressed. Um, but you know what always helps depression? Scotch. <laughs> good scotch. It's good to know. <laughs> Rose, thanks for everything. Thank you so much, John. This is John Caldera, and if you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You can listen to more episodes on all streaming services, with new ones being released weekly. And remember, this is the audio from our television show. To watch the video version, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.